Hello and welcome. The band is back together. Matt Marchese, Donovan Bennett here on the Fan Checkdown on the Sportsnet Radio Network or wherever you get your podcast. Thank you very much for listening. It's weird. I feel like we haven't worked together in forever and it's been like a week. There's so much that happened. I'm Donovan Bennett. First time, long time. Big fan. First time, first time listener, long time caller. Um, yeah, there was a lot that happened. And then, of course, after what we saw on Sunday and then the injury roundup and then last night's game, of course, there's plenty more to talk about. Would you like to talk about the injuries or whatever the heck that was last night on Monday Night Football? I think the injuries, because okay. I think ultimately we could talk about what that was on Monday Night Football. It was something. But I think we no, both those teams are not very good. Or at least not as good in the case of the Packers as maybe we once thought. But within the division, I think the injury, and I'm talking about to JJ, Justin Jefferson, I think could have massive ripple effects, not just there, but across the league. So uh, for those that don't know, Justin Jefferson's going on the IR with a hamstring injury. Um, that among other injuries, but we'll touch on this one first. So for for fantasy players who have Justin Jefferson, I feel for you well, because he, these are the worst. He was the first overall pick in most, most drafts, yeah. especially if you were PPR. 100%. As he should be because he's been fantastic. He's He averages over 100 yards a game in his career. This like, is that's exactly gross. why I don't want the first overall pick. Like in drafts <laughs> where you, you pick a number out of a hat. But wait, does it feel worse if you drafted him second and still lost him? I, I want to be at the bottom. Like, give me, give me, give me the turn. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> because at least, you know, one player doesn't decide my entire season. And it does, doesn't happen every year with whoever. It does. It does feel like that. Christian McCaffrey was first. Jonathan Taylor was first. Whenever yeah. there's a consensus, Austin, e- Austin Eckler Austin missed Eckler. a bunch of time. We could go back to Arian Foster. Oh yeah. Whenever there's a consensus, the guy with the script, Arian Foster. Right. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> I mean. So here's the other thing, and this was brought up by Adam Schefter. I don't want to claim that I had this thought, but it was irking in my brain. Um, I just don't have enough followers to tweet it out that it matters. There's something here about Justin Jefferson and this injury. Like, they're not rushing him back because they stink right now. Like, they're not good. Although, I really do want to talk about what happened in that Chiefs game at the end of the game. That the Vikings, even they may not have scored to win it or tie it, but they got jobbed bad. Like it was bad. There were three flags on that. Do you want, okay, let's just get into it. We're here. We're here now. They got jobbed because of the call on the field or the the call that was not called. Well, there were three flags or should have been three flags. One, there was roughing the passer on Kirk Cousins. He got obliterated. Hell, you could call it whatever you want. He got rid of the ball and he got murdered. Okay. Second, that was definitely pass interference in the end zone because they claim that the ball was tipped. Well, the ball wasn't tipped. Kirk Cousins' arm was hit. So those are not the same things. So two flags still count. And then the corner taking his helmet off on the field is a 15-yard penalty. And the ref told him to put his helmet back on. The Viking, I don't want to, I don't want to be. Isn't that a ref just being a good ref? No, you no, do your, son, you don't want to do this. Do your you job. You don't want to lose the game that do, way. Do your job. 
Okay, these refs have not been doing their job. Anyway, it's I, funny di- because I digress. You talk about the 15 yard penalty. If you there were three on the play, I <laughs> I, I, I disagree about the roughing the passer, but if, I'm just going on based on what has been called. If it, sure, but if let's say it is pi, which I don't think it was, but let's say it is, you, you spot the ball on the one. It was in the end zone. The ball is on the one. First down. Now, if you accept that and then accept the penalty for taking your helmet off, it's now on the half yard line. Like essentially it's half the distance to the goal. So you can't get better than basically the scenario that they were in. So you went from having the game on the doorstep to, you know, losing again. Yes. Losing again. So back to all of that, because this is kind of where it stems from, because now the Vikings are toast. Well, it doesn't change the conversation we're about to have if they're two and three and not one and four. Yes, because of the schedule that they have going forward. Not good. It is not good. Well, it's not, it's not, I mean, if they could be in it, that's what I'm saying. Like they could have been at least in the conversation because they have bad teams. Like they're playing the bears. Then they get the the Niners and we know that one's going to be a blowout, but then they play the Packers, play the Falcons, play the saints, play the Broncos. It's not like, but the thing is, is I'm looking at this team and I'm going, they should win one well, without Jefferson. I, I it's, it's a tall task, but now I look at it and go, hmm, I have no idea because I don't know what any of those teams are. No, see, I look at it and say it's a wrap that without Jefferson, it's not a tall task. It's mission impossible, especially because it's not just the games. It's where the games are. So for those who are just joining us, he was put on the IR, which means four games. he's down at least four games. So now they go to Chicago on the road. Chicago playing better now, mm-hmm. at least offensively. They host the 49ers. They can play the 49ers on Mars. It doesn't matter. They can, we know they exactly can, play, they can play with 14 players on the field. They're still not beating yes. the Niners. Then they go to Green Bay and to Atlanta. Atlanta, a different team at home. Desmond Ritter has not lost at home. Now, he's not right on the road, but for this exercise, that doesn't matter. I don't think the Minnesota Vikings, without Justin Jefferson, are favored in any of those games. Probably not. And so if you go over, even if you get one, you come back and you're you're two and seven. What what is the point at yeah, that point? No. So the ripple effect then is if this is your future, let's embrace that reality right now. Kirk Cousin has to be moving. Has now, to be. He has a no trade clause. But if you're Kirk Cousins, do you want to continue to be blasted in the pocket, not throwing to Justin Jefferson and losing games? Yep. Wouldn't you rather? Go somewhere else. I understand. I watched the outstanding quarterback series on Netflix, and you have this hidden trophy room, a little nook, and you pull Target a, a book, and then the door opens up, and you go in there, and you have this place on the bookshelf leaving space for the Vince Lombardi trophy. Real cute story. Unfortunately, individual players don't get to take it home with them, so that is useless, <laughs> even if you did win it. Stop pointing out but the obvious, Donovan. You're not winning it. I guess he was hoping maybe he'd be the Super Bowl MVP along with winning the Super Bowl. Then he'd get to take home a trophy. You have to embrace the reality. We're going to have a conversation about a couple teams. The best quality in life is self-assessment. Mm-hmm. Understanding who you are really and truly and understanding how the world perceives you. The Minnesota Vikings are not good. 
They weren't good a year ago. They just happened to win every single one-score game that they were in. And now they're losing every one-score game that they're in. They're somewhere in between. But the cards that they've been dealt with, the start that they've had, and now the fact that their best player by far is hurt for a month, lets me further know you are going to be a team looking to essentially rebuild via the draft. And if that's the case, punt on the season. Play young people. Get assets back for Kirk Cousins. Get cheap assets because you're going to have to pay, regardless of this injury, JJ, a lot of money. So I think they embrace reality. And then if I'm the rest of the league, I'm like, well, am I a Kirk Cousins away? And if he's for sale, what else might be for sale? Yeah. Well, if you're, there's certain teams that could be looking, uh, I'm namely looking at you, Buffalo Bills, uh, with the injuries that they have. Here's the other thing, too. Uh, well, there's a couple. One, Justin Jefferson's not breaking the yardage record this year. So there's no incentive for him to come back. That's That would be one. Here's the other thing. The Minnesota Vikings, the, as as much as you don't want to see a player get hurt, this could be a blessing in disguise for the Minnesota Vikings. Because now they're not going to push to have him back. They're, they're going to try and, quote unquote, try and win games without Justin Jefferson. I think that this is a blessing in disguise. And I think, like you said, this gives you every incentive to trade Kirk Cousins so that you can get closer and closer to Caleb Williams. That's that because I I would almost venture a guess to say that Caleb Williams would rather play for the Minnesota Vikings and throw to Justin Jefferson than to go play for the Arizona Cardinals. So Minnesota goes to Chicago, Soldier Field. Which fan base actually wants to win that game? Oh man, either of them. Well, I think there's, I think there's a little bit more incentive for the Bears to win because they still have Carolina's pick. So they like they're okay because it's like oh Carolina can be bad and we can have a top pick because I don't know when you look at the NFC Washington probably not good enough to get in the Bears just trounced them uh, Dallas is whatever Dallas is like if we're looking at teams on the periphery of the playoffs the Green Bay Packers saw them last night although they beat the Bears but they haven't looked the same since winning the first two games um, the Bears are one and four sure but. I feel like there's at least an outside chance if they can course correct here with this offense. If this, what we've seen in the last two weeks is real from the offense, then maybe they look at it and go, we want to see some growth here. We want to win games. I don't think the Minnesota Vikings at their current standing without Justin Jefferson want to win football games, nor should they. You know what makes me the most upset? I'd love to know. Your ridiculous prophecy that the... Whoa, 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 NFC hold on. hold on a second. Is going to get multiple teams this, this was, into the postseason. Now looks you know what? I'm like offended. a surefire bet. I'm offended by this. You this. somehow moonwalked into <laughs> a, a Freudian pick because, and we're looking across the league. I mean, Atlanta looks good when they're at they home. They may have three but teams the in the playoffs. I might be wrong. Tampa Bay hasn't <laughs> slipped on a banana peel yet, and the Saints. Look legit good, at least on well, defense. Against that horrible team. I know you guys talked about but that yesterday. In the modern-day NFL, with parody being king, part of the exercise is not beating yourself, not yep. being terrible. Ask the Pittsburgh Steelers, who have yet to play a good football game, 
<laughs> and are at the top of one of the divisions that we thought was the best in the sport. Part of this, and the Patriots are doing the exact opposite, is just not beating yourselves because there is so much bad football out there that teams will beat themselves for you. Yes, 100%. And we've seen that plenty. Um, by the way, just a, a look back at our bets here. Uh, I had the Saints finishing with 10 wins. You said that was not going to happen. Looks great now. Uh, Vikings not making the playoffs. Looks great now. Texans finishing with as more or many as many wins as the Pats. Oh, God, that's a lock. Cash and, that in today. And, and two teams from the NFC South make the playoffs. I feel very Jeez. good. We also both was call, that five for five. Uh, four anyway. Uh, we also both called the Giants to not make the playoffs because they they stink. They do. They're horrible. Anyway, uh, back to the injuries uh, because this is such a a fun topic to talk about because we all love it. Uh, it's funny. Show was uh, pinch hitting for you yesterday. Show Ali, who did a great job. Thank you, Show. And he started with the show with, you know what? I want to start with a positive story. I was like, you are the opposite of me and Marquez. You no, no. always start negative. No, 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 no. This is not how we operate here. Uh, you want to, this is, this is also not fun. Cause you talk about, you want to watch fun players play football. Like that's, I mean, you don't want to watch horrible football. That's obvious. But when certain guys go down you're like, oh man, that sucks. Uh, Devon Achan. potential IR with a knee injury. Uh, I've been reading a couple of things on it some people think it's meniscus and not an mcl which would be the ideal scenario after he had another hundred yard rushing game against uh you know brothers and sisters of the poor the new york giants i just it sucks and i i don't know what the the issue is here i i don't know why i mean this happens every year but it feels like every year it gets worse um what do the Miami Dolphins do now? I mean, they were fine, just fine. Thank you very much. Without him, uh, Jeff Wilson may be coming back. Savon Ahmed potentially getting back into the lineup. Chris Brooks has been fine while he's been there. I feel like the Miami Dolphins don't need, as much as good as he has been, as great as he's been. I don't think that they miss a beat here offensively. No, just their drives will be eight plays instead of four <laughs> yeah. like, you when know, you're like, the 76 yard runs will be a lot less yeah i get it yeah but they have been able to with an offensive line that's not great create up. massive holes in the run game because they create so much space and because you can't commit too many players to the box because that guy tyreek hill means you have to have safety help all the time they the dolphins i mean they again they did it against the giants not super unexpected um, the spread was 12. I mean, that felt like easy money across the board because the Giants haven't been very good. They just continue to acquire speed. Like, Raheem Ostert, fast. Devon Chan, fast. Jalen Waddle, fast. Tyreek Hill, fast. Now they acquire Chase Claypool, fast. There's talk about moving him to tight end. He doesn't like to block anyway. But he could just be like every other yeah, tight end that comes out of school block, now. So. Um are the Dolphins the best team in that division? Like, the, the Bills beat them handily, but now, speaking of injuries, uh, they're banged up as well. Like, is that Miami's division to lose right now? It is, because I think the Dolphins are better equipped to deal with the injuries that they have than the Bills are. And the Bills' injuries are curtains, catastrophic, season-ending. I, I think the Matt Milano injury is... One of the best players in football, period. I think it's one of the biggest injuries we've had, and... I say that knowing that we lost J.K. Dobbins and Aaron Rodgers in the span of like three hours, week one. 
he is a couple things. They're green dot guy. So he is bringing the plays in, making sure everyone's lined up, which you, you obviously don't quantify that in terms of, you know, wins and losses, but it's valuable. Sure. He is someone who's going sideline to sideline for you, a force run player, but also gives you the ability to take away those hook curl flat areas in the pass game and allowing those coordinators call it a bit more nickel because you have a linebacker who can get in coverage, allowing those safeties to drive hard on outbreaking routes because they know Milano is taking care of everything in the middle. He cleans a lot of stuff up and he's among the leaders when it comes to stops, tackles for loss, whichever the metric that you believe is key for a linebacker. He's right there across the board. He was the best player on the field when they beat the Dolphins. The best player on the field. Offense, defense, special teams. So that's a massive loss to a defense that already is banged up. And what did we say a couple weeks ago? This team would be great. They are great in theory, but will we ever see them together at the same time? You're just working Von Miller back into things, and then all of a sudden you lose another key defender. So I think Miami is more equipped to have losses because, yeah, you lose your running back who's lighting things up. You have a couple in the stable. You get another fast guy in Claypool. This time it's a tall, fast guy, not a short, fast guy. They showed you without Waddle, they didn't miss a beat offensively. So I think the Dolphins are the best team in the division. I will say it now. I said it week one, week two, week three. I do not wish this happened. The biggest question is, can you get 18 Games plus, plus, plus out of Tua. We haven't seen it since high school, essentially. If he bucks the trend, they could be the last team standing. If he doesn't, they'll be one and out in the playoffs. Um, let's let's stick on the, on the Bills page for a second here. Um, so Matt Milano, Daquan Jones, defensive tackle, also out for the year, and he's been really good for them as well to go along with Tredavious White and... It was like they were dropping like flies in London on the Bills' side of the field. It w- it just was a continuous train to the blue tent. I wanted to bring this up because this bothered me to no end. Um, as far as I'm concerned, the Bills committed business malpractice by flying to London Thursday overnight. And they didn't keep the receipts? And they didn't keep the receipts. Um, they fly They fly overnight Thursday to play on Sunday. The last time that the Bills, and somebody somebody had pointed this out to me, um, the last time that the Bills went to London, they flew out the Sunday after a game. So they finished their game. They flew out that Sunday night. It was a game against Cincinnati. They flew, played Jacksonville. Jacksonville had already been there for a week, which is another story entirely because we know why the NFL has done this, and it's not because it's the team that I root for. But it is insanely unfair for a team to be there already Whoa. and acclimatized. Time out. Sure. Educate the audience. Why do you believe the NFL has done this? Because they are testing things out to see if a team overseas could work to play all the time there. See, I think the Jaguars have done this because the Jaguars know and the Con family. Well, they know. don't do it without the NFL's blessing. Yeah, sure. Don't but get I, me wrong. I like 9.30 a.m. Eastern games. I love it. For those on the West Coast, they're not a fan, but I love it. I think the Jaguars know that they have 
they're in a small market with a depleted fan base. And they know that if they can create scarcity for their own tickets and have less home dates, that may increase the attendance for those games. And if they can go overseas and play a quote-unquote home game every year or multiple this year, they can build a secondary international fan base. And I believe that the Khan family believes that if there is going to be a London team, they'd be first in line. Mm -hmm. And that you could be getting the London Jaguars. Yay! The, the Tottenham Cats, whatever you want to call them. The Tom Cat, the Tottenham Tom Cats. Yeah, I like that. I mean, it's the same reason why the Argos are the home team in Touchdown Atlantic every year in the CFL. Well, it's because it's tough to fill BMO for those dates, so we might as well move one of them to the East Coast where we know it's going to be full, and thus we market fewer games here in BMO and hopefully increase the attendance for them. I, I think this. I think the NFL is going to have X amount of games in the UK or Mexico, wherever, every year, and we're going to force teams to go there. And hey, Jacksonville, you want us to have one less tough conversation with the team, telling them they got to fly overnight to play football? Then go ahead. My thing is that they were already there. They're already that is a significant advantage. Now the Bills could have at least curbed that by leaving Monday. I, I was told that at least one coach was was very surprised at the decision to fly on the Thursday overnight rather than earlier, which you're, means leads me to believe by, like you're told by that coach. No, somebody who is somebody who's close with that coach told me. Got it. Shouldn't be giving you my source. I mean, I didn't give you my source, but anyway, regardless of that fact, I'm sure the players weren't overly thrilled with that idea either. They complained about the turf at hotspur stadium i mean it was just a disaster anyway with all those guys going to be honest i look at this bill's team now without matt milan without trey white without daquan jones i hate to be that guy but i'm not super optimistic right now i'm not either i mean he's been inactive in 12 games in his career he being milano bills are seven and five in those games they've given up an average of 24.3 points per game in those games they are in a division quite frankly where you can't afford to, to drop a couple games and as we've stated the wild card is wide open specifically in the afc which for me is still even though we thought the patriots going to be good and they aren't and we thought the jets were going to be good and they aren't even while saying that the afc is still for me the deeper conference of the two i thought about the disadvantage it is for teams going to the UK to play the Jags. I mean, one, because they're there every year, so they have some built-in understanding and, you know, built-in uh, history in terms of what they're going to do. But two, because to your point, they're doing back-to-back. -back. And that they're, was a Bills home game, by the way. Which makes no sense. I think moving forward, the NFL should have the team going to the UK, whether it's the first game or second, coming off of a bye. Because then you you leave when you want. You start to prep when you want. Where in the NFL, and which is why I think the Bills decide to stay, is Monday is a reset day. We come in Tuesday. We go to work. We put in our plans. Wednesday, we see who's healthy. Thursday, we finish things off. And Friday, and essentially, Friday is, is a travel day walkthrough, and, and same for Saturday. But But, you know, in terms of the business of the week, Business week is done up until Thursday, and then everything else is, you know, uh, window fly dressing. Out after, fly out after the game on Sunday. 
Why would after the Miami game? Well, my point is, I think the Bills want to keep this week as normal as possible. Yeah. And so they want to do all of that business in their facility with their staff and support staff as big as it is with players sleeping in their own beds, knowing that during this week you get pulled in different directions. You got to make an appearance here and you got to go to a school and read books here. They said, let's limit that to after the prep is done. We want to keep this a normal work week and then we'll travel early and deal with that other stuff. I have a feeling that they're going to be changing their tune going forward if they have to go back to London again. Uh, here's some more injuries because this has been so much fun. Uh, James Conner, multiple weeks with a knee injury. Again, sucks because you want to watch really good players play. Uh, this feels like James Conner not coming back anytime soon, only because the Cardinals are playing for nothing. Playing better than we thought. First year head coach who... Has assimilated Mr. Personality better than we thought. Yeah, after that clip, I thought they weren't going to win a game. And they've been competitive and a tough out even when they have lost. But so much of what they've done, you know, no disrespect to Josh Dobbs, has been offensively via the run game. And so to lose that threat, I wonder if this is tied to, we talked about ripple effects across the league, Kyler Murray. And whether or not you bring him back because of one, the potential cap ramifications if he were to get hurt. And two, because let's be honest, you don't really want him. No. And you'd rather pick, name your quarterback coming into the league via the draft this year over him. So and these things are tied together. Yeah. Well, the other, here's, here's the one thing about the Kyler Murray situation. If he doesn't play, what's his value? Or do you care? It's just like, just get this money off the books or as much money off the books as we can. Like, that's what I, I struggle with because at last we saw him, I don't think that Kyler Murray's a franchise quarterback. In terms of, I'm going to win with that guy. So what is his value if he doesn't play? Absence makes the heart grow fonder. Sometimes when you're away, and this is true for celebrity who is borderline canceled or a quarterback who has some struggles. Sometimes you're away and over time, people forget about the bad stuff and only remember you for your best parts. Mitch Trubisky essentially had a sabbatical in Buffalo. It was just a good teammate for a year. And all of a sudden the Steelers like, Oh yeah, we could rehab him and he could potentially be an impactful player for us. No, he can't because he's still the same guy. He was in Chicago. And I think if Kyler Murray is away and, scouts and player personnel people and GMs and head coaches and offensive coordinators continue to put on the film of some of the QBs who are actively playing and reminding us of how bad they are. They're like, oh, shoot, I, I, I'll deal with some video games because <laughs> Kyler can, can hit people when they're open and he can keep plays alive when nobody is open. But, you know, some of the quarterbacks that we've seen right now struggle to do that. So this will never happen, but um, as long as Bill Belichick is there, you you kind of smirked a little bit. Zero. Bill Belichick, Bill Belichick says, or Robert Kraft says, at the end of the year, we're going to go our separate ways. Okay. We need to do something here. We don't have – maybe they are going to be bad enough to get Caleb Williams. Maybe. I don't know. Everybody can't be bad enough to get him. The, but I know. But they've been, they've been bad, yeah. <laughs> like really bad. They just got shut out at home to a team that doesn't really score points. Um, could you see the Patriots making an inquiry into Kyler Murray? And who's the head coach? Not Bill Belichick. Oh, well, then sure. Bill yeah. O'Brien. 
How about that? Although his track record right now with the offense isn't very good. Yeah, I mean, Kyler's buddy, DeAndre Hopkins might have, uh, you know, a thing to say about Colin Murray. I mean, Bill Ryan was known to be a less than players coach. Or is there another team that you think that would be a good fit? Well, I mean, he's going to land somewhere. Yeah, it's not going to be Arizona. He's he's not going to the USFL-XFL merger. That's interesting. I'm trying to look at the teams, and I, I nothing real like. There's no team that I look at and go, "Yes, that's the one." Like maybe it's maybe Tennessee, because Ryan Tannehill's whatever, and Will Levis. I mean, we don't know what he's going to be. If somehow the Bears don't end up with the first and or second overall pick, just Chicago Bears, would you? No, you would not be interested in Kyler Murray. No, the best quarterback you've had. In the last three decades, is some combination of Jay Cutler and Jim McMahon. And you wouldn't be interested in someone who's still incredibly young and incredibly talented. I Those think, things are not disputed. I think Justin Fields is that guy. So the, the question is if you trade Justin Fields, do you get enough back to make it so? Like, well, but Justin Fields, and you could say the same about Colin Murray. Needs a new lease on life. Sure. He needs a, a new fan base, a new coaching staff, new opportunity. He needs a fresh start. He needs to press control, alt, delete. And so even if you say, well, Justin Fields is Colin Murray with 45 more pounds. I, I think Colin Murray's ceiling that he's shown us thus far is higher than Fields. Fields has made a lot of plays running. He's never dominated a game really up until actually recently. Throwing the football. Kyler's done both. But yeah, you're not you're not interested if you're the Chicago Bears. No. I'm not I'm not a Kyler guy, so I'm probably the wrong guy to ask. But like I, I look at it, it's funny because you guys had a conversation yesterday about the quarterback position and how it may be bereft of actual talent. <laughs> so I look at it, I have a really hard time finding a landing spot for some of these guys. Like the way Baker Mayfield's playing right now, if this continues, he's going to get another contract in Tampa Bay. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. I, I mean, I, what number would be the great question, but... But if they get into the playoffs, he probably gets another contract. Yeah. Because they're not... Right. They're not, like, they're... I wouldn't say they're winning because of him, but they're certainly not losing games because of him either. Like, he's been good. Could you see... I mean... The Minnesota Vikings, if they don't finish bad enough, maybe. I doubt it's the Bears. Here's one. The Green Bay Packers? No. So, okay, so we're going, as we go down the list, Sam Howell. No. Daniel Jones doesn't, you don't have an out in Daniel Jones's deal until after next year. See, I think if you have a young QB that's on a rookie deal, that in itself is valuable because it sure. allows you to build up the roster around them. So the impetus is on you, one, to actually do it, and two, to figure out in their first three years if they are that guy. And if not, then you pull shoot. But then you're probably pulling shoot to get back in the draft and get another cheap QB. Exactly. You're not bringing in a high-priced QB, which is then going to force you to shed salary around you, around that QB, just to take them into your locker room. I think it's a team that is... In win now mode, already has a relatively expensive QB. They're just not good enough, but they think they're a QB away. 
So let's go down. Let's go down the list of teams here, and you tell me if that could be a spot. We know it's not Miami. We know it's not Buffalo. We know it's not the Jets if Aaron Rodgers comes back. The New England Patriots. There's a maybe because they don't have a quarterback. Bill Belichick's gone. Anything is okay. Pittsburgh probably not. No. Baltimore no. Cleveland no chance. Cincinnati no chance. Cleveland because they got all that money locked up in Watson. Yeah. That just becomes impossible. Jacksonville no. Indy, no. Houston, no. Tennessee, maybe. Tennessee's got three QBs, but yeah. But none of them are good. Um, Kansas City, nope. Chargers, nope. Raiders, maybe. Kyler Murray is a Raider. I could could absolutely see that happening. That makes sense. By the way, shout out Mark Davis for finding love. (laughs) (laughs) I think love found him. Yeah, no kidding. I I mean, his haircut is fantastic, but that was was something else. Uh, Denver, no chance. Because they've got Russell Wilson and nobody's taking that contract on. So we've gone through the entire AFC only. And we found two maybes. Maybe three. Okay. In the NFC, Eagles, nope. Oh, here's one. Dallas? I mean, probably. <laughs> At this point, anything's he's, on the he, table. He's he's from Texas. Jerry loves stars. So there, there are many uh, ties to Oklahoma and uh, that front office so yeah i think you probably found the one if they don't want to pay dak the money might as well pay kyler who is younger and has a higher ceiling uh washington sam howell looks good right now takes, fine takes a million sacks but i think they're invested. i don't know if that's his fault though probably not. Uh, the giants not next year no okay and then you go the lions can't see that happening green bay we said probably not chicago maybe minnesota maybe tampa bay who knows Atlanta, they didn't want Lamar Jackson because they thought Desmond Ritter was the guy. So unless they could play all their games at home. Yeah, unless they, or they realized this year that Desmond Ritter, in fact, is not the guy. Yeah. Uh, New Orleans, probably not with their cars contract. Carolina, nope. And then San Francisco, no chance because Brock Purdy is Mr. Relevant. Right. Uh, Seattle, n- probably not with Geno there. The Rams, as long as Stafford's there, nope. And then the Cardinals, he's there. It's not a long list. Yeah, we don't know how long Stafford is going to be there. So the Rams are somewhat interesting, but yes. I feel like Sean McVay would love that as a project, don't you? I think so, too. Like, he would just be like, yeah, this is... Although, it could just be like the San Francisco situation where they got Trey Lance and they're like, yeah, no, this didn't work out. This wasn't the guy that we needed. Right. We actually want you to do less stuff as a QB. It's all about the coordinator. And by do less, we mean don't throw it to the other team. Uh, Speaking of throwing it to the other team, uh, Jordan Love did that a lot last night. Uh, We'll talk about that when we come back. The fan check down, Matt Marchese, Donovan Bennett. You're listening on the Sportsnet Radio Network. The most opinionated Maple Leaf show out there. Real Kipper and Born. Be sure to subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Well, that was something on the Monday night. I mean, watching that game, I was like, okay, this this got to be the Packers had won like a billion in a row against the Raiders. Now, granted, I understand Aaron Rodgers was the quarterback. Different story. But I really felt that the Packers going into that one, it was going to be a bounce back because the Raiders defense hasn't been very good. The offense has been eh, mediocre at best. Josh Jacobs really hadn't gotten going yet. It's kind of back to himself last night in a a bad way, of course. 
But then Jordan Love showed up. Three interceptions, didn't even throw for uh, 200 yards. The interception, that that whole sequence at the end of the first half, the interception to Robert Spillane where Robert Spillane literally took one step and stood there and Jordan Love threw him the ball. And then the decision later on by Josh McDaniels to not call a timeout on the failed third down conversion by the Packers, let the clock run down. They get the ball back with like a minute left instead of a minute 38 or 39, whatever it was. The field goal gets blocked, and I'm like, the Packers are coming back here for sure. And none of that happened. Like, that was... It was a game where everything that I basically thought was going to happen did not happen, except for Josh McDaniels making a stupid call with game management. Right. He just happened to get away with it. In terms of the Packers in their anemic offense, this is the third game in a row. They've had three or fewer points in the first half. They are not good enough to be able to continually overcome deficits. It's not the way they're built, quite frankly, especially when they're not 100% with Aaron Jones not being available. Everyone's worried about, well, they no longer have Aaron Rodgers. Missing Aaron Jones is the biggest issue you have right now. Team that's not built to come from behind necessarily. They need to get a lead, bleed the clock, play possession football, and then keep their defense off the field. But there are aspects to them that I think we're forgetting. I know certainly I am because... Got some young players that people are talented about. All of a sudden, you know, people are picking up, you know, Jane Reed in fantasy and, you know, Dobbs has looked good to start the year. And, you know, Watson comes back and, you know, Love gets off to a hot start. And you've got the two running backs with Dylan and Jones. Like, oh, we've got something here. And then, you know, you've got um, tight end who's a player in the game now in Musgraves. And, and everyone's like, okay, well, they, they should be a lot better. This team is so young. And what do young teams do? They make mistakes. That's why they don't generally win. That's why you see veteran teams make the playoffs if they have the benefit of health. And we both have young kids, and they're rational, and they make sense, and they're making progress, and all of a sudden, they spill something all over the shirt. And it's like, well, that's why you don't eat on the couch because I can't (laughs) trust you. And that's why you don't pick Green Bay, even though they should be favored, even though they've dominated the Raiders, even though they're a much better team based off of what we've seen thus far, or just based off of looking at the two deep. So you don't trust them because young teams spill up on themselves all of the time. That's why they're young. So yesterday, um, Jordan Love completes 16 passes, 16 of 30, 183 yards. Watson had three catches for 91 yards. Luke Musgrave had six catches for 34 yards. So not great. The next closest guy in terms of receptions yesterday was Patrick Taylor, backup running back with two for five yards. Not Romeo Dobbs, not Jaden Reed. It was a really lackluster performance from everybody on that offense, basically outside of Christian Watson. Uh, on the flip side, the Raiders yesterday. Hold on. Before we move to the Raiders, question for you. Because mm-hmm. this percolated a bit on social media. It's an interesting thought experiment. I want to get your viewpoint on it. Watson is horse collar tackled. Yes. When he is, I, I believe, going to score, if not for that. Should that be 
a different type of penalty. So in soccer, if you're on a breakaway, you, you red card, get away, yeah. a clear goal scoring opportunity, red card. If it's in the box, it's a penalty kick. Should there be a higher level of penalty? Because ultimately, you're putting a defender in a scenario where it actually makes sense. I'm incentivized to do this thing that is dangerous and against the rules. So it's interesting. I don't know what you can do, though. Like, can you award a touchdown? I mean, they ended up scoring anyway. But can you award a touchdown to avoid, like... I mean, you could do whatever you want. I mean, you could. Roger Goodell does whatever he wants anyway. I just don't know. I see your point, but I also see the other side, and it's not the spirit of the game to just hand them six points. Like, can you enforce, like... Is it any different than goaltending? Yes, because you score more often in basketball. Like, it's just, you know, like... I have a hard time goaltending. I get in basketball. I have a hard time with this one. So here's here's the solution that I can offer. Okay. You you do that, and they score on that drive a touchdown. You are allowed to take the you can take the penalty yardage on the kickoff, or you can decide to take the penalty yardage on the next pl- on the play after the touchdown so you can choose to be closer for a two-point convert. But I think the critical issue is what if they don't score? You you were going to walk in and score and now you didn't. Listen, if you don't score from the 1-yard line, you you shouldn't be given anything. That's how I look at it. So no soup for you. No soup for you. I just I I mean, there's probably not a perfect solution to it. That's part of the issue. Like I I have a hard time with just awarding 6 points cuz it's Let's face it. Generally speaking, it's hard to score in the in the NFL, right? Yes. Except for when you're yes. at the half yard line, you should be able to score yeah. there. Unless you're the Dolphins. Yes. Yeah. So to just award six points kind of takes away from, and then and then it's like, how far down the field do they need to be? Like if they're the last man, does it? You have to be within five yards of the end zone. Do you have to be within ten yards of the end zone? Like there's lots of different layers to this, and I don't know that there's a right answer for it. Next gen stats has to weigh in on did anyone else on the field have an angle? <laughs> they this person was traveling at this speed, so based on science, they would have caught them at the three yard line. Yeah, I, I didn't like the penalty though because it's dangerous. Like that's that's the thing that we're like it's dangerous. You shouldn't be doing that anyway. Sometimes it happens, but that was pretty egregious yesterday. Yeah. Uh, okay, so on the Raiders. Wasn't a super great performance, but good enough. Max Crosby was a game record. Again, unsurprising because he's so good. Um, here's the guy that impressed me yesterday because that was supposed to be the Devontae Adams revenge game, right? Jacoby Myers, seven catches, 75 yards, touchdown. He's averaging 68.5 yards per game and has three touchdowns in four games. He was kind of an afterthought in the free agent market. He's coming off of a good year with the Patriots, not... You know, he didn't have a 1,000 yards, but he didn't play a full year. He probably would have had he played the entire season. Uh, missed a game of the concussion this year. But he's really been kind of the perfect complement to Devontae Adams. And we can talk about Josh McDaniels being a goof. At least he knows how to use Jacoby Myers, something that, you know, uh, the New England Patriots didn't really do, primarily playing him out of the slot. Well, the Ning- England Patriots were upset that in that same stadium a year ago, he lost his mind and... Uh, which was incredible through a touchdown pass to someone who right now is not actually on the Las Vegas Raiders. It's funny that you say he was an afterthought 
in free agency because there's a team who thought nothing of him, and that was the New England Patriots, who used... Spent the same amount of money on Juju Smith-Schuster. Correct, who had three catches this week for a total of six yards. Oh, that's not good. No, it's no. not. And so they gave away their their only number one receiver, and now they have left with none. And someone in this pretty similar system, like it's still the Patriot way, uh, is putting up even better numbers than he did in New England. The Raiders get a win, but he, you mentioned the questionable decisions by the coaching staff. And Do we even call them McDaniels? questionable when it comes to McDaniels anymore? Is that just a Josh McDaniels decision? Well, I, I think, you know, his supporters would say you do. Cause he won at the end of the day, he won the game. I would say he took a scenic route to winning, but he still <laughs> won. He but, didn't take the toll route. That's for sure. But he is a great to me example of the ills of the Bill Belichick coaching tree because you know why he struggles with those decisions? Because he never had to make them. Because mm-hmm. he never had the agency to make them. The mantra is just do your job, which he did. But then when he is promoted to another job, he can't do that. So here, here's what here's my question. And we're not going to be able to get to the two other topics that we wanted to because shocking, we never do. Um, did we learn something about the Raiders yesterday? Or is it just a game? Because the Packers weren't very good. The Raiders weren't great either the division is you know still kansas city's to lose and to a lesser extent the chargers are kind of still there but i don't know i i I feel like i didn't learn a ton about the the raiders last night and i don't know that they even are they good enough to make the playoffs i I just i don't see it here and they talked about well they're not going to trade Devontae adams if i'm being honest that's the guy they should be looking to trade right now because you're not good enough to win and Devontae Adams doesn't want to be there because Derek Carr is not there. So why are you keeping him around? Like I didn't learn anything about the the Raiders last night in a win. What I learned is that they are going to be good enough not to make the playoffs, but to keep their head coach's job because the roster, although flawed, they still have enough high-end talent. That's going to win an ugly game like that. And that could wreck a game, whether it's Adams, whether it's Crosby, who I think is the best player on the team. How many teams do you say the face of the team is someone on defense? When they remember that Josh Jacobs is on their team, he's a player. Garoppolo can be, we know, average when healthy. This is their upcoming schedule. They have the Patriots, who are bad in a mess. They stink. One and four. They go to the Bears. One and four. Go to the Lions. Good team. Four and one. Then they got the Giants at home and the Jets at home. They're hosting everybody from New York. Make your trips to Vegas now. Giants one and four. Jets two and three. That combined record for the next five weeks is nine and 16 for their opponent. They're good enough because of their top end talent that they can win three of those. They can mess around and get hot and win four of them. And only lose to the Lions? They're good enough because they have some things that the Patriots don't have, the Giants don't have when Saquon's hurt, the the Jets can't use for the most part. They have some game changers, and I think that's what I learned about them. They're good enough to win despite their coach, not because of their coach. So with all that being said in those records, you know, they could go 4-1. and Could you not see them go... 
two and three. Yeah. One and four. For sure. Like, and, and this is the part, I mean, this part of the schedule is going to determine what the Raiders do. That's, there's no question. Cause if you, if you lose three out of the next five, then you, sh- you should be looking at trading guys. Maybe you even look at trading Josh Jacobs. Well, I mean, we could just distill it to the next two. If they lose to the Pats and Bears back-to-back. I don't think they're going to lose to the Pats. Just like they're just in a way right now. Belichick has had a way of dominating his former system. Yeah, but his team, his team's never played this badly, though. That's also true. Like this is, this is next level. So that's the thing with the Raiders is I still, even though they, you mentioned they have the high-end talent, I still don't think we know exactly. Oh, actually, I do think we know what they are. They're a team that is good one week, maybe not so good the next week. They're very average and maybe even below average. We're going to find out in the next two weeks what exactly they are. And in the next five, we're definitely going to know what they are. Um, that's going to do it for us today. We did all right for the first time together in a week, I thought. It was fun. It's always fun. NFL, baby. Um, that'll do it for us today. Uh, tomorrow, uh, we're going to talk about the AFC North. That is a bleep show. And Adam Rank is back. It's Wednesday. Okay, thank you very much for uh, joining us on the Fan Checkdown. Thank you to Derek behind the glass. Thank you to Donovan across the table. I'm Matt Marchese signing off for the Fan Checkdown on the Sportsnet Radio Network.